latest thrilling episode of Two Parks in a Pod. I'm Dave, he's Kieran. Together we've had Parkinson's for nearly a quarter of a century. Kieran, you're slurping your tea there like there's no tomorrow. You all right? <laughs> I am, sorry. Uh, morning, morning tea, yeah. What have you been doing? Um, well, we just finished our yoga session, haven't we? And um, that was very, very relaxing. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, I'm looking a little bit Robocop-like today, aren't I? Because I've got two uh, sen- sensors on my, yeah, on my, what, what are my wrists and uh, two, two uh, on my ankles as well. Things you get when you've committed a crime. Yeah, I'm on day release. Tags. I'm on day release from the prison, yeah. I do look a little bit like that, but I've got these sensors on me, uh, one around the waist as well, and it's just measuring my movement. It's, it's uh, one of these... Uh, PD uh, sensors. I'm wearing it for a few days, and then um, hopefully um, I get a report at the end that will uh, tell me all about my Parkinson's, my uh, my off periods, my dyskinesia, my tremor, and so on. And that hopefully would lead to a more informed um, discussion with my uh, neurologist. Which um, I find those discussions really crude. Quite right? scientific, aren't they? They look look at you walk, check a few things, and, and then. So you need more meds. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in that sense, it hasn't really changed over the last 200 years since James Parkinson's started observing people uh, with Parkinson's. Um, I don't think people quite realise how, how, how crude it is. There's, you know, there's no way to actually gauge where you are in your disease progression. So anything that can help, and I, I'm a big believer that technology can help, I'm really up for. And you've changed your meds recently, haven't you? You went up and then down again. Oh, I've been yo-yoing with my meds, yeah. I um, on, on the last episode, I was talking about how I've increased my meds. In the last week or two, I've, I've, I've gone back down to my original level and I feel a lot better for it. I'm finding myself less disconnected than, than I was previously. But the trade-off is, you know, I've got a bit more of a tremor and some of the other symptoms. But um, for me, that's a, an acceptable trade-off. I always remember what Matt Eagle said when he was on our podcast. He'd rather be a little bit off than dyskinetic. And I think those are very, very wise words. I had quite an interesting time. I went to my pharmacist and got these. Which, they're in with my, my normal cin- cinema and the half cinema. I, noticed, I went through the boxes and there's some half cinema in there. That, that's slow release. I don't need those. Yeah, we, we mentioned it um, on the last podcast that, that we've had this before. We've been given the wrong medication, and uh, there was a couple of people on the, on on a yoga class as well that uh, mentioned they had the same issue as well. Yeah, like we said before, ch- check your meds. Sometimes I think, yeah, they just pick it off the shelf. They see the name Cinemet or Madapar, and um, they think, oh, that's it. Uh, but you know, sometimes they forget that there's multiple formulations of, of the same drug. That could really mess you up, though. If I had to take half Cinemet, I'd have been a mess. Yeah, you, you've got to be careful. Yeah, you've got to be very careful. I always check, and I had the same problem with my GP um, when, when my neurologist wrote a letter to recommend the change in medication. The, the admin person, the GP, obviously just you know didn't know what they were doing and they, and they typed it in wrong. And uh, so when I went to my pharmacy, the uh, pharmacy quite innocently uh, got it wrong to, to check with your GP, check with your pharmacist. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you sometimes just get your powder meds, just shove them in the corner or whatever in a drawer and, and you just help yourself to as you need them. And, and it can cause problems. It can, especially if they're called the same thing or even look, look, look the same. Uh, just, just be a bit careful. I noticed this because the packaging is slightly different. Um, normal cinematas, you can see through the, uh, the, the sort of, polythene bit yeah um this has got like a, a, a silver like a silver bullet cover yeah. on it so that's how i noticed that's how the alarm bells rang and i'll, I'll take that back to my but my pharmacist so, never worried with them. but sometimes the generic medications come in slightly different packaging as well yeah so um some round cinema which really don't work for me right horrible yeah yeah different different versions of the same thing sometimes um you know, you've remarked and i've remarked uh, and others have done the same it's, it's not quite the same as the original no exactly we've got an open forum today 
questions. Any questions, we've called it. We've put a message on social media. We've got loads of questions. So I've got one here. So how do you two stay so upbeat with Parkinson's, says Deborah from Toronto? <laughs> uh, well, I kind of feed off the energy of others. And I kind of, I'm naturally drawn to people that are positive and, um, you know, inspire me. And uh, there's quite a few of those in, in the Parkinson's community. For me, the alternative is, you know, you're just down the dumps and uh, it, it's, a, it's a slippery slope when, when you start to think negatively about this condition. Yeah, it can be tough, though. There are days when we're both a bit flat and a bit down when you're picking up and, and dusting down and start well, again. Yeah, that, that's where support of, of uh, fellow Parkies uh, particularly uh, comes into, into play. Um, it's, that's why things like exercise and group exercise is great because you get to meet others with the condition and you get to socialise or you get to sort of have a moan as well. And that's okay sometimes. Um, I think be sociable is a big thing. If you cut yourself off from people, you know, you're going to, you're going to get miserable. You get down in the dumps. I think if friends don't call you, call them. I think music's great as well. I love my music. If you have music around the house, it really picks you up, makes you feel good. Upbeat music. Yeah. It just anything to get out of that quiet, isolated mode that Parkinson's tends to lead you into. You know, half of people with Parkinson's find it more difficult to leave the home. One survey said, and the same, same survey said that three quarters feel that their mental, health has been impacted you know i can i can really believe that but you know use others as a as a pick me up that that's what i do i think i i sometimes stay at home until i'm right you know till my meds kick in i don't like going out when i'm really off because i feel self-conscious even now even though people around here know that i've got parkinson's um you know i think when you're on you, you do your shopping you don't need help and things sometimes i need help put my goods in, in the bag and stuff and that that really i feel quite humiliated by that still even after all these years yeah i, d- I, d- I don't think i'll ever get over that t- to be honest with you um and i think others are surprised by that because we tend to show our best face which for a parkie generally means we 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 show and present ourselves when we're when we're on right um we not not when we're off and i think you know with friends and even family sometimes if they if they see that other side they, they, they tend to get a bit of a shock I think we're conscious that they're they're conscious of it as well. So I don't know. It's, it's, uh, like you've said to me, sometimes you just got to get over it and uh, not worry about what others think. Yeah, I think enjoy today. Don't look too far into the future either. If you start looking to the future, that's when you, the, the real demons come in and, and you, you get yeah. worried about what's going to happen to you. And yeah. you, know, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You can get hit by a bus when you go and, yeah. go, go and play tennis. Something. Yeah. Like um, another another one. We've got Soziel on on Twitter. She says, "Is there any part of Parkinson's that you're grateful for? There are many downsides." What's your positives, if any? Well, I think we kind of touched on it. You know, meeting other great inspirational people in the Parkinson's community, I think, is has been, you know, I wouldn't have had that chance, wouldn't have had that opportunity if it wasn't for Parkinson's. And I'm doing things and meeting people that um completely new to me. And I've picked up new hobbies, uh, creative ones particularly, my photography, and a few other bits and bobs that, uh, thanks to the condition, or sometimes in some cases the side effects of the medication, you know, has, has, has gifted me certain things. So uh, it, it's not all bad. It's given me sort of a rush to do things as well, you know, because I realise... Clock's ticking. Exactly. My healthy days are limited. So you know, I try and get out and do stuff every day. Uh, that, that's that's a big bonus of Parkinson's. Yeah. So you, you, it's like ageing, but ageing quickly. Yeah. So you just, you just get on with stuff. Yeah. Okay, another one here. Um, how are your waterworks and constipation? says, bunged up Barry in Watford. <laughs> Poor Barry. <laughs> Bunged up Barry from Watford. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a sense of humour. That's brilliant. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So uh, I'm quite fortunate. My, my, I don't have that much constipation, but I do pee quite quite a lot. 
a, a ridiculous amount of times during, during the day. And, you know, that can be a challenge when you're going out and about. Uh, but at the same time, I do try and drink as much water as, as I can because I know that's really important for, 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 for Parkinson's. But, um, yeah, frequent peeing is annoying, um, when you're out, but also at, at night as well. I'm, I'm waking up at least once, probably more like twice a night now, uh, going for a pee and that kind of disturbs your, your sleep. You, you're pretty much the same with, with peeing, aren't you? Yeah. I find I've, I've wet myself before in public, which isn't very nice. I was at mm. a Food Fighters gig and, and, you know, yeah. I was trying to get my flies into my hands, but working out. Yeah. Wet my trousers, horrible, you know. Yeah. So I just, I changed, took my jumper off. Yeah. Turned it around like a skirt and just, Tied it off to dry yeah. it off, but not a nice experience. That no dark, dark jeans, uh, yeah, dark, dark trousers. Jeans. Yeah, exactly. I had some some light shorts on yeah. that. On the pooing front, it's quite interesting. We had a, a um... <laughs> on the pooing front. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, an interesting e- email today. Uh, is it just a um, a newsletter from the, the wonderful girls at Neuro Heroes? They've been at the World Parkinson's um, conference. And they've been to a lecture about um, going to the toilet and constipation. And uh, they say the four Fs are what you've got to think about. Fluid, six to eight glasses a day. Fibre, 18 to 30 milligrams a day. Fitness, keep moving every day in every way. And feet, the correct positioning on the toilet, your knees higher than your hips is vital to get. Uh, uh-huh. so that's I tried that this morning. Right. I got a little bucket, put my feet on that. It's great, you know. Because you, <laughs> when you says you've got a little bucket, I, I put, my, put my feet in the bucket, on, right. the, on the bucket. All right. So your knees go above your, above right. your waist. And it really works. Um, ah. It's because in nature, you, you, you back in the day, position. squatting position. Yeah, yeah. And you, you, your knees are higher than you. Right. Your bum, so right. It's worth, thanks girls for that. Yeah, that, 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 that. Those are great tips. And all these things are sort of in, interconnected. The, the thing about constipation is not only can it be uncomfortable, it stops your meds working effectively. And that's really, really important. And that's another reason why drinking water is really important. Not only, to, you know, to stay hydrated generally, but um, to, to get your, your, your bowel movements going, water really helps. And the other thing about water is it helps with low blood pressure. A lot of people with Parkinson's have low blood pressure and uh, staying hydrated is, is key for that. Don't rush your poos either, that's the thing. If, if you make sure you've got plenty of time to go to the loo, because there's nothing worse than rushing and, and, and feeling feeling yeah. against the clock. You know, yeah. go go when you you've got time, yeah. relax, private space. Yeah, yeah. And just, just take your time. Yeah, and yeah, of course, uh, if it comes to it, there's there's medication for this over the counter. But also, you know, talk to your doctor about it. Don't 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 be embarrassed about it. Um, if they don't raise it, you, you, you raise it because it again it's it's a big topic of conversation in in amongst parkies. Uh, something uh, joined to this. Uh, someone's uh, they haven't put the name. But are you on any, any special diet? I'm not on a special diet, but I've noticed recently certain things don't agree with me or, or agree with the medication. Eggs, particularly, I do, I do like a, some scrambled eggs in the morning sometimes, and I find that on those days, um, and this is only through observation, really, that I discovered this that uh, my, my my first dose of the day is that much less effective. So I try not to have. Um, so many eggs, or, or at least um, if I'm going to have eggs, not not first thing in the morning, because I, I find that um, that first dose is is really important. If you get your first dose of the day right, then it kind of sets you up for the, for the rest of the day. Um, I know people say um, avocado. Yeah, I've, I've noticed avocado as well. Um, generally speaking, with with meats and other things, that I've, I've 
you know, I haven't noticed a pattern. It's not to say that there's not one. Um, and I think it, it is good sometimes maybe to keep a food diary to just to be aware of what, what works for you and what doesn't. Flavonoids are the big ones at the moment. Excuse me? Flavonoids. Flavonoids? Yeah, yeah. They're um, leafy salads and, uh, and, and colourful berries are the things you should have for gut health. Oh, really? Okay. Didn't know that. Less red meat and, and uh, less processed meat, I think, is, is a good thing. And, and less milk as well is, is yeah. good. I'm using, you know, substitutes now. Yeah. I do find with, with diet and nutrition, some of these messages are, are difficult to remember. The key thing that I find is, and it's a very basic one, is don't take your meds with food. You know, it took me a long time to, to, to learn that, but take it, uh, you know, away from food. It's you best know. before, isn't it, really? Because if, if you do it before, you, it's only half an hour you've got to wait. If, if you do it after, it's, it's yeah. an hour and a half. If you are going to overlap, then yeah, have it have it before. But yeah, try and give it at least a good half an hour, an hour. When I take my medication too close to, to meals, it just doesn't work sometimes or, or is less effective. Bunged up, Barry from Watford. I hope you're no longer bunged up. <laughs> One tip my nurse gave me that sort of uh, sticks in my mind is when you are going for a pee, and going back to the subject of peeing, well, when you finish peeing, just stay there for an extra minute or so. Because often I'll go for a pee and then 10 minutes later I'll, I'll need to go again. Just like the pooing, you know, take your time, you know, don't, don't, don't rush it. Are you still playing tennis, someone says? Uh, yes. Uh, not- one, of, one of us is. <laughs> yeah. I- I'm the other one that's not playing tennis, not very well. I'm on a, I'm, I'm on a massive losing streak. But we, we, we discovered recently, actually, I can quite confidently blame my Parkinson's for my poor, poor display recently. My dystonia particularly is causing me to hold the racket in a particularly odd position. I wasn't realising this and I've had to sort of... Uh, I have to make a conscious effort to adjust it. And I notice that uh, sometimes when we play early in the day uh, or when I'm particularly on, I, I've, I'm, I'm a bit better. So, um, well, we played yesterday. You went 2 0 up, 4 2 up. Yeah. And lost. Then I lost um, because the last 20 minutes when we were playing, I, I went off. Uh, but it, it was a great game. It was a nice sunny morning and uh, it was a good run around. And, uh, you know, we got the heartbreak game, which is the main thing, it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, we got out in the sunshine and, and there was sunshine. And, you know, for me, that's all of that is good medicine. Okay. One here from Pod Addicts. Have you listened to the Movers and Shakers podcast? Yes. I think it's, I think it's great. It's, um, it's given a voice to many in the Parkinson's community. Um, just like we've done, uh, perhaps uh, they've done it on a bigger scale. And, I do, I do find the popularity of of, of podcasts like, like like this and and their one as well. It's it's really a reflection of how how much of a vacuum there is in terms of information and support for people with Parkinson's. You know, that we, we, we're really left out to dry. We're not given much support and we're not given a, a voice. So uh, any platform like that that gives us that voice, I think, is a good thing. And think I think there's room for. For more of that. Yeah, we've got a really good panel and, and you know, living the, the, the parky life, it's, the more people talk about Parkinson's, the better. So so the more podcasts are out, the better for everybody. Exactly. And there are many faces and many voices of Parkinson's. And I think the more we hear from them, the, the more it will raise public awareness, the more it will get people into research, the more funding we'll get, uh, and the more likely we are to get to, to, to those magic breakthroughs that we're all desperately seeking. Rory Kathleen Jones and, and Jeremy Paxman and, and the team there, they have a lot of followers and a lot of profiles. So it's, it's great to get Parkinson's out there. Yeah, there does seem to be a, a bit of a change, a bit of an elevation in, in, in public perception of Parkinson's, which I think that's largely thanks to that podcast. Yeah, household names, you know, have that kind of impact. Somebody said to me the other day about um, MND, motor neuro disease. 
affects 5,000 people in the UK, which is a fraction of the, the Parkinson's population. But it's, it's recently received £50 million worth of government funding into research. And they said, why, why doesn't Parkinson's get that level of investment? And my, my only response, well, there's lots of reasons. I'm simplifying this here. But the fact that MND has had quite a high profile in, in the news. With Rob Burroughs. Exactly, who've done a great job in advocating for the condition and, and showing the condition and the impact. I, I don't think that's a coincidence. Um, I think, you know, public perception really matters because it, it can influence research and government investment. The more we shout about it and the more um, voices that we have shouting about it, the more traction that we can get. Yeah, Doddy Weir did an amazing job for MND, didn't he? He did. And I, and I wish, you know, we, we can have the same impact in, in Parkinson's. I think Alzheimer's getting a lot of publicity now with, with the breakthrough the other day and, 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 you know. Yeah, I've always got mixed feelings about this because uh, I saw saw the headline on BBC um, yesterday about breakthrough in, in Alzheimer's and uh, there was a headline 10 years ago from the BBC that, almost had the same words in the headline. Turning point, they called it in, in Alzheimer's. Uh, breakthrough, turning point, miracle cures. And the, the, the fact is, it, in, in both Parkinson's, in MS, in uh, Alzheimer's, yes, there's been uh, certain breakthroughs, but we're still far from a cure. So we shouldn't rest on our, our laurels. And sometimes often when you read the detail under the headline, it's not quite a breakthrough in... in in the way that we hope, you know, for example, the Alzheimer's one, is, I think it's only applicable to people that are early on in their condition. Yeah. And I, f- I find some of the headlines in Parkinson's the same, you know, I, and I t- tend to sort of somewhat roll my eyes in c- cynicism when I read these headlines. It, it, it makes a great Daily Mail headline, but, uh, you know, if, when you're living with the condition, you want something here and now and tangible, don't you? Yeah, a number of times people have come up to me and said, I read about, they've got some breakthrough with, with Parkinson's and, and nothing's really changed, isn't it, over the years? Uh, yeah. One in four people in the UK think there's a cure and um, more than half think the treatments are doing an effective job in slowing or treating the condition it, itself. That's not the case. You know, the, the best drugs we've got are just helping us with some of our symptoms some of the time. That's far from a, from a cure. That's, that's far from slowing the condition. We can't really rest on our, our laurels in that sense. You know, it's great and it's encouraging that we've got breakthroughs, but, you know, we've got a long way to go. I saw some research from Cure Parkinson's the other day as well saying that, um, you know, people only recognise two symptoms of Parkinson's, which was mm. stiffness and shaking. Yeah, which which is it's quite incredible when you think it's over forty. Yeah, it's um, it's quite incredible, but quite believable, unfortunately, because generally the, the visible symptoms are the ones that people um, often associate with or, or remember. I find myself sometimes torn when I'm talking to Joe Public. Um, I, I tend to sort of, you know, go off on in terms of yeah. how, how complex the condition is and how much it affects our lives. It, and it does. But at the same time, when I'm talking to other people with Parkinson's or, or people within the Parkinson's community in terms of family, family members or, or loved ones, then I, I tend to also convey the other reality in which, you know, it's very much a condition that you can live with. And I, I find that balance quite, quite challenging, but it is important to understand both sides. It's not the end. But um, we, we do need um, to focus and understand how much of an impact this this condition is having on a, on a growing population. And if you see someone with, with lots of different symptoms, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be in that boat down the line. You know, you, everybody's Parkinson's is, is, is very yeah, different, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's no blueprint for this. There's no 
fixed model of what what a person with Parkinson's looks like. And that's another thing I find challenging when you talk to other parkies, because they tend to like to compare notes, right? They tend to like to you compare what what medicine you want, what are your symptoms? You give them the ones there, don't you? Yeah, exactly. Doctor the body scans, yeah, exactly. what you're struggling with, yeah. Yeah, but we can't compare because it, it literally is different for everybody. The the type of uh, mix of symptoms, how well you respond to medication, how uh, fast your progression of the disease all of that varies so significantly from person to person. You're not looking in a mirror when you're seeing somebody else with Parkinson's. At the same time, it is comforting to talk to other parkies because they do get it in a way yeah. that uh, Joe Public doesn't quite unable to empathise with. I, I asked uh, Helen, uh, I said we're doing this um, questions uh, episode and she asked, she came up with a few questions. What's your favourite time of the day? She, she's asking. I like mornings. Um, yeah. When I wake up in the morning, I feel pretty good. And uh, med free until about eight o'clock. That, that that sort of five till eight time is is great, magical. I don't have any meds. And I don't have any symptoms normally. And then my, my symptoms tend to get worse about eight o'clock. So I take my meds. Uh, golden period between eight and ten, and then I go off a bit about ten o'clock. So yeah, golden period. That's a good way to describe it. I'm exactly the same pattern as you, but I do know others. Uh, my 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 friend's um, wife refers to him as Benjamin Button because he starts the day really slow. Uh, like an old man, but uh, as the day progresses, he, he tends to, to perk up and liven up. And um, th- there are a lot of uh, parkies that fall into that boat as well, I know, I know. So once again, you know, the profile of the condition is different for everybody. One from Facebook, what was your first symptom? Um, I noticed slowness in my right hand. Uh, someone said to me, what's with the, what's with the plastic hand? Just plastic quite, hand. Plastic hand. It wasn't moving, you know. It was just oh, quite, I see. quite stiff and like an artificial yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So someone said, and I didn't realise there was anything wrong with it. Right. I look back on, on my t- I can I can chart my progression through years on television. I can look at old old footage and think I had Parkinson's then. Oh, really? You know, because my hand wasn't moving properly. Right. I, I used to sort of have it um, on my leg and stuff, not uh. moving, and and I can see probably two years before I had Parkinson's, yeah. was, some of the symptoms were there. Do you find it sometimes a little unnerving to see yourself on screen on video? Sometimes when I look back at myself when I've done like a Zoom thing or a YouTube thing, I, I notice what I look like and it's a bit unnerving. And sometimes I feel like, you know, a new symptom or things have progressed. And I, I don't know, um, I, I, I don't always like looking back at myself for, for that reason. Uh, you took a photo of me the day I was a bit hunchbacked walking yeah. through the market. I thought, oh, no. Got straight my back up, you know. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're human. We're we're we're, we're self conscious about the about these things. So, my, my first symptom. If you to ask me a few years ago what my first symptom was, I would have said a tremor. I think most people, will, well, a lot of people would. Although it's important to remember that uh, one in th- almost one in three people with Parkinson's don't have a tremor at all. But anxiety, maybe. Exactly. I was just going to say, it, and hindsight's a wonderful thing with Parkinson's and looking back at some of your symptoms, but. I think things like yeah, anxiety, particularly panic, some of the uh, hidden symptoms of Parkinson's, like uh, l- low blood pressure I mentioned before, the mood fluctuations, a lot of that stuff predated my diagnosis, and a lot of that stuff you know existed from childhood or even you know when I was a young adult, and, and I think that's coming out in research as well. But I don't think people with Parkinson's naturally make that association. You know, a lot a lot of people aren't aware that some of the things that's going on in, in their body and mind is related to their Parkinson's even now. But I think we also when they look back, they when when they're asked about their first symptom, they tend to default to the physical symptoms. 
I think if you if you look back and you ask yourself, if you each ask yourself the same question as a parkie, what was your first symptom? I, I'm sure a lot of people would start to think about sleep and mood fluctuations and uh, uh, more hidden sides of, of Parkinson's. Maybe a sense of smell as well. I think the sense of smell went quite early. Um, you know, that, that was a big thing. I think also smell and other symptoms like that, sometimes when it's gradual, it's less noticeable. You, you don't know any different, do you? It, it just happens over time until sometimes you might be put in a situation where you're repeating an action that you did several years ago. It, it may be in the same setting. Maybe it's maybe it's stairs or maybe it's a some sort of environment that you're familiar with, but you notice yourself different in that environment today. And that's when you sort of, the difference becomes quite stark. Really great questions. We we love uh, hearing from uh, our listeners and uh, getting questions and comments and feedback and uh, any recommendations you have for upcoming episodes, you know, feel free to to reach out to us on, on social media, two parks in a pod. Um, and uh, don't forget to subscribe and review and rate us as well. That that really helps. Uh, but yeah, we we love we love hearing from people with Parkinson's. We love the amazing stories that we have in the community as well. And uh, I think you've got a few to hand there, Dave. Yeah, have it. Time for a bit of this. People with Parkinson's do amazing things. Virgin Galactic ticket holder is preparing to become one of the first paying space tourists despite a Parkinson's diagnosis. John Goodwin, who's eighty from Staffordshire, paid a quarter of a million dollars for the ticket back in two thousand and five. It feared his diagnosis would mean he couldn't take part. He said the firm had been fantastic and he's going. Mr Goodwin from Newcastle Underline was a canoeist at the Great Britain squad in the 1972 Munich Olympics. Let's hear from him. I was in the Olympic Games in 1972. I've always enjoyed being an adventurer. But when I got diagnosed with Parkinson's, I thought, well, that's it. They're not going to accept me. The fact that I'm now going to space with Parkinson's it's completely magical. People with Parkinson's do amazing things. Here's another amazing guy, acclaimed comedian, daytime TV star and fellow Parky Paul Sinner starts his stand-up show at the end of a Fringe next month. Paulie Bangor, is playing throughout August. Great on him. Remembering all the lines from his comedy show is one thing, isn't it? And being yeah. in front of a crowd with Parkies. Yeah, and, and, and still being on TV with this condition, you know what that challenge is like. People and- with Parkinson's do amazing things. Now, it's a guy called Samuel Smith who's diagnosed with Parkinson's disease at the age of 44. Thought it stopped him from doing what he loved, which was making music. Three years on from the diagnosis, he's recorded an album with some top musicians. The strength of Samuel's songs saw him record with folk singer Cara Dillon and her husband Sam Lakeman at the studio in Froome. Oh man, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Thank you so much, Matt. As am I. It's an honor to be a part of your music and your journey. And the record is beautiful. What really struck me was that an obvious route it would be to write a a poor me record. You know, you wrote songs because the songs needed to be written, and they were informed, obviously, by the experience you're having. But they weren't necessarily about the experience that you're having. And and that that struck me as a beautiful. Um, a beautiful way to be creative in this in this adversity. Great to see Samuel Smith's creative juices flowing. That's all we've got time for. Thanks for joining us. Thank see you. you thanks time. for all your questions. Thanks for all your feedback. Uh, we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.